a great deal that is said by one is very much what is thought and said by another. In other words, we are all on the same wavelength of vibration. We're all working in harmony and close cooperation. And therefore, if I'm trying to transmit something to you, yeah. I think that sometimes the difficulties of transmission, someone else will feed me, if you like, put it like that, yeah. with thoughts that uh, don't always come easy when you're trying to concentrate on working this thing or communicating. You find that the things that you've often prepared to see uh, in a strange way, no comes so easy when you're trying to get through. Mm -hmm. Then other people standing around will act in a kind of way mm -hmm. uh, that they will transmit that thought to you and you'll automatically transfer it through. And that's why sometimes in communication you get uh, a second-hand communication. Mm -hmm. Someone may be purporting to speak in the first person. Yes. And uh, someone else may be doing the transmission on the wavelength, you see. Yes. For instance, if you have a soul coming from a higher sphere, yes. and they can no manipulate the mechanism, they can no get down onto the lower vibration, the vibration that's essential for this kind of work, then they transmit it to someone that is used to communicating. And there again, it depends on how good the communicator is, the person that's manipulating the voice box or transmitting for the other person. Depends on how good they are as to whether you get the personality, you may get uh, the subject matter, you may yes. get the, the thing they want to convey, but you may not get the personality with it. And that's why some people say, I don't know, but what some sort of said was pretty good, that was very good evidence, and that was very like his sort of way, but it was not him, not in the sense that yes. he recognized his personality. Yes. Oh, that's a very good explanation, and that will be very useful for me when people come and ask the reason of this. So that's why I deliberately asked you. Thank you. I, I think it's very important that yes. people should realize, in your word, that owing to the many complications and difficulties of communication, and that thought in itself is a predominant thing that matters, it is thought that is transmitted to you artificially, that in the transmission of thought, uh, there may be discrepancies, there may be things which don't quite fit in with your way of thinking or your way of accepting. I mean, for instance, you may have a strong preconceived idea about the pattern, and uh, it may be through experience that you have that strong preconceived uh, knowledge and, and a firm idea. I mean, for instance, if you've known someone perhaps for 40 or 50 years on that, and you know their personality, and you know the way of their speech, and their little idiosyncrasies, and what have you, that help to contribute towards that particular person as you knew them when on earth. Naturally, if someone comes and gives you a message, no matter if the context is excellent, if the voice and the personality doesn't match up, you say, well, I don't know whether it was really that person or whether it was someone impersonating that person. And that's where you get this um, bugbear in your world among spiritualists and people that accept, and you are puzzled because they wonder how much is 100%, how much is really that person, and yes. how much uh, is impersonation. Yes. Uh, you see, a lot of things have to be uh, looked into, a lot of things have to be accepted and understood, and you have to realize that there's no such thing fundamentally already, or very rare that you can expect to get 100% uh, communication. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare and it's difficult. Uh, only a person with a very great knowledge of communication and, yes. a, and a very strong personality at that yes. can hope to get through a great deal of themselves yes. or what they want to see or convey. 
Well, I guess typically this, for instance, uh, times, for instance, when perhaps I have been speaking to you, and uh, because I'm pretty good at it now, uh, I got so uh, focused or so sort of um, uh, assured in myself about it that I can do it quite well. But there are times when perhaps if I've been speaking perhaps 20 minutes or so of your time, yes. uh, that uh, I feel the, 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 the weakening there, I feel that I'm not holding on as strong as I was at first, which is all we expected. Yes. And if someone else comes in, comes in and yes. takes over gradually, sometimes it's so subtle that probably you have the... Oh, yes, yes, I've had But the point is it does happen. You see, this nudging, if you like, this merging of communication or this merging of personality which happens at seances and so on yes. is uh, all very understandable because you have to realize that the voice box or the instrument if you like that we use yes. is on a certain wavelength of vibration uh, that person has been attuned over years of development no doubt to become an instrument on a certain wavelength of vibration yes. and in consequence we have to tune in and we have to be in harmony with that person. That's why harmony is another very important thing in sales is yes. if you have a group of people that are in perfect harmony and that are used to sitting for a long period of time together, they know each other and understand each other and trust each other and have a great affection. In other words, if you've got a perfect combination of condition, uh, then it makes our task much easier because we've got not only the power which is derived from the various sitters as power in the physical sense, but we have the mental harmony too, and we have the cooperative spirit, and we have a great deal there that we can work upon and use, and in consequence we can often hold on for quite a long time, much more so than in a promiscuous group of people that are gathered together, uh, each one having their own strong personality, and each one having their own desires, and wanting this and wanting that, and each one is pulling, as it were, for themselves, and yes. have no interest in the other people present. In other words, they have quite perhaps unconsciously, but a selfish motive. Yes. And that's where I think mediumship uh, feels a strain. You see, a medium is a highly sensitized individual, not necessarily only from the point of view of personality uh, and temperament, but also from the psychic sense that they have this quality which has been developed, which over a period of time has become so sensitized that in under certain conditions they can be used as instruments in a very highly successful manner. But the whole point is that if, like all sensitive things, all sensitive instruments, even in a mechanical and technical sense on your side, if they are abused or if they are used yes. without uh, knowledge, if they are ham-fisted, as it were, by people. In other words, if someone doesn't know how to take care of a delicate piece of machinery and see that it's running in the proper manner and that it's cared for, then gradually it will break down. And yes. that's where the problem of all professional mediums is, I think, that um, although that is our job to spread truth, and that's the job that we have, of course, at the same time, they must be used in the right way. They must be careful and they must be nurtured and they must not be allowed to do this and do that. I mean, I'm not suggesting that anyone has the right to try and control another person as to their thoughts and their actions. A person must be allowed to develop their own personality and character and they must be given free will. But the point is there must be the cooperative, cooperative spirit with the medium and realize his responsibilities to others and to the work that he has to do. is a tremendous undertaking and I realize that there are very few people uh, that really can fulfill the demand that's placed upon them. And when a person has developed and been developed after a great deal of effort by our side, 
You have, you have changed a great deal, David. Oh, well, that, that seems much more likely than that of them now that I had. I still have got a sense of humor. Yes, yes, yes. But the point is that I realize that I never used to think very deeply. It was not that I was on the surface exactly, because I do think by my nature that I was ever unkind, not really unkind, or that I thought badly of other people. I, as a matter of fact, I was probably rather simple-minded, but at the same time, uh, I rather lived the way I wanted to live, and I had no thought of the moral. I was pretty easy going, but now I think much more deeply, and I realize that life is a serious business, and not something that you can just flip through from day to day, and I don't mean only life on your side, but life on this. Life is, a, is an experience that is a precious gift. It is, and it's an extension of this one. I, and there's so much to stimulate, and so much to learn, and so much to know about, and so much to experience in so many different ways. And I realize now, more than I have it, that it is often many of the difficult things that are most important. Not the things that are simple and easy, not the happier moments perhaps when everything goes well. Those things are natural, but we, we like them most. It's only human, but, uh -huh. but it is the reversals of fortune. Uh -huh. The disappointments in life and the, the realization that comes from sorrow and suffering, you do learn. You learn much more than you can ever learn through having your own way and getting everything you want. Because even those things, important though they are at the time, pause very quickly because you find that after all you didn't want this or you didn't want that as bad as you thought you did and it didn't turn out quite as you expected it might have done. In fact, there's so many disappointments in the things that one thinks one wants and loves and likes and so on that I find that in the reverse of the fortune, in the sadness and the setbacks, we yeah. become kinder, we become more human, more understanding, more tolerant, more patient. In fact, we learn all the good qualities through, strangely enough, the bad events. And that's quite true. It's through bad that you learn. Yeah, yeah, that's an old saying out of evil cometh good. And we don't really know what evil is. Evil has sometimes been misinterpreted. Yes. I yes. think. Well, because we're inclined to put the word evil to all sorts of things that are against what we want, are against what we think. Of course, we know there are some things that are downright evil from the point of view of being wicked and wrong, but at the same time, many of the things that we look down upon and we are distressed about, the things that we try to avoid if we can, strangely yes. enough, they're the things that teach us most. Oh. I've learned quite a bit. Ah, oh, good, David. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, I look quite the same person. Are you content? Are you content now where you are? Well, I suppose in a kind of way to say I was content. Yes. Uh, contentment's a strange word to use. At uh, one time, probably when on earth, I would have thought of contentment as being able to do what I wanted when I felt inclined and being able to afford to it and, and all that sort of thing. But that's not really contentment. That's no. actually the reverse in a sense. What I think is that I am contented. At the same time, I realize there's so much more yet to experience and learn that I'm anxious to know, I'm anxious to find out. So in a kind of strange way, I suppose, I'm contented and discontented. Uh, yes, that's right. That's the way. That's the way to do to You know, it's rather like uh, living in a very nice house. Yes. And uh, you love it very much and it gives you great joy and happiness. You seem to have everything that you want. 
but there's several doors that are locked up and you haven't got the key. Yes. And, and you think, oh, I wonder what's around there, what's behind that door, I wish I could get a key for that door. And you don't realize that you cannot go through that door, you cannot open that door until you've made it possible to have the key to do that. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's uh, true. I think life is like that, that you, that you sometimes seem to have everything. At the same time, some things that you you haven't got because you don't see them, you're not conscious of them. Yes. It's only when your eyes are gradually opened you realize that there are things there all the time that you never realized existed. It was, you do not open your eyes until you yourself have made it worthwhile and possible. In other words, you have within yourself the key to open all the doors. And that is sincerity of purpose, the realization that you are part of a great plan and that you cannot live to self alone, but you must share that which you have with others. And you must realize that whatever you may have is not really yours. It's only led to you for the time. And that from it you can gain experience. But whatever experience you have, it can no fully satisfy you. Because the simple reason there are always other things that you know somewhere exist. You've got to find the way. In other words, it's an eternal struggle within oneself for expression. A struggle for realization and the way to find the path. And when you find that path, you trudge that path. And sometimes, though you know you're on the right path, you feel you must rest a while. You can gather more strength to go further on. And you know, life is full of interest. It never ceases to interest. No matter what aspect of it is that you have in mind, there's always something fresh and new. There's always strange things that can happen. Oh, that's the beauty of it. It's a great adventure, and I think that's the whole secret, is to look upon life from every aspect, from whatever sphere you may be on, whether on earth or over here, whatever uh, uh, degree you may be in, is to appreciate it and to, uh, to make your effort a little more each day, to gain more knowledge and experience, and to make that possible by thinking not only for self, but for others. Yes. You know, you learn more from, through others and by helping others than ever you do by sitting twiddling your thumbs. Yes, that's quite right. Quite right, David. What well, a lovely speech. Quite a bit, quite a bit. I can assure you, quite a bit. But I do not put it so well, perhaps. Oh, really? I feel very strongly, nevertheless. You put it very well. I'm very, very pleased. I always look forward to your meetings, you know that. Yes. Because I know that uh, with you I can be myself, I can talk naturally, and I yes. can open up. Yes. And as a matter of fact, be quite honest about this, I get tremendous kick out come to talk to you. And also I feel all the time that in some strange kind of way that I'm learning too. You're learning. <coughs> well, I'm very, very glad that you found your way here. But you know we need to worry. No. I, I know you've been told this many a time and you ask a second time of it, but the key, although your life is not always easy and the pattern doesn't fall in back to the way you like it, at the same time I know, I know mm. that you have no cause to be unduly concerned about the future. Mm. That's all right, baby. I don't know. From day to day. No, I when you come here, there'll be such a reception for you. I'll be there. Ah, I shall be very glad. I must go now because the power's weakening. Oh, but it's been nice to speak to you, and I know that everyone here, and that includes all the dear ones that you associate with your personal life, they all send their love and their blessing to you. Thank you. And I'm sure you'll have your boyfriend back soon. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. well, Bye-bye, David. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.